0: Hello! Welcome back to another Athletic Spaceball podcast with your host, Taylor. We've got a really fun one for you today, I think. Uh, You probably all know a little bit about the movie that I'm going to start off with talking about today. I will save the introduction for that for a minute or two from now. But it's, it's a pretty... Pretty popular baseball movie. Today we will mark the first episode of the Athletics Baseball Podcast, uh, sort of serial movie rev- baseball movie reviews, where we'll talk about baseball movies in general. Just sort of going over, you know, some of the some of the best, some of the most popular, and sometimes some of the worst baseball movies out there. I'm probably going to go over a little bit longer than I typically plan to on today's episode, because I think it's an important movie to talk about. And in the future, I will probably be keeping these to five minutes if I can, maybe to ten, depending, five to ten minutes. And like I said, today's might go a little bit longer, We are also going to be talking about the A's and their perception by A's fans, other teams' fans, and in the media as well. In general, A's fans, you might already have an idea of what I'm going to be talking about a little bit, which is that the A's do not get a lot of love. I'll go into more detail about that towards the end of the episode, and if I'm not running too long here, I'd like to finish it off with a little bit of detailed look at some of the guys that I think will be starting frequently in 2023 for the A's um, in the lineup and defensively, and specifically about their pitches per plate appearance, which is... I have mentioned previously one of my favorite statistics that nobody knows or cares about. And, yeah, I'll save that for the end if we have time. Now I'd like to take a moment to just thank you all for tuning in for another episode and hope that your week is going well. Hope that you have a good weekend. And I'd like to ask if you know anybody who loves the A's or who loves baseball, and might be interested in listening to this podcast, share it with them, uh, follow if you haven't followed yet, subscribe, rate, review, help to get the podcast out there a little bit. And if you've already done that, then thank you. So, the movie that I am going to be talking about today some of you might already have an idea, is, well, an emotional one for me. Uh, Because, you know, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And, how can you not be romantic about the A's? That's right, we're talking about Moneyball. Probably most A's fans' favorite movie. uh, Favorite baseball movie, at least. And, a lot of uh, fans of other teams' favorite baseball movie at this point as well, I think, from from fans that I've talked to from other teams. And there's a, there's a lot of reasons for that. One, it was just really well casted, directed, acted, and it tells a very compelling story as well, of course about, if you haven't seen it, the 2002 season for the Oakland Athletics, (laughs) where they sort of had a dream season, they got 20 wins in a row, uh, set the American League record for consecutive wins, and made it all the way to the uh, division series, the American Divisional Divisional Series, and flamed out yet again, but the point of the movie is not that they flamed out. The point is how far they got with how little they had. And everybody loves an underdog story. A's fans are very familiar with the underdog story. Other team's fans maybe don't understand or appreciate what the A's situation is, or they didn't before this movie, and they don't give the A's a lot of credit. Or at least they didn't before the movie, again. This movie for me really, you know, it's it's one of my favorites in baseball. It is a great story, and I love my A's, so it, it just really gets me uh, emotional and excited watching that movie, watching the big plays, and it almost feels like I'm at an exciting A's game a couple of times in that movie. So obviously, I'm a huge fan of the movie. I love watching it. Uh, it's probably I, I re-watched it for this review, which I'm going to do for all of the movies going forward, of course, uh, so I can have a fresh perspective on ones that I may have already seen before. But this was probably my fourth or fifth time watching this movie, and... I don't usually make a habit of watching it. <laughs> Actually, I put I put off watching it for a long time uh, after the second time, maybe because it's well, it, it's just an emotional an emotional movie for for me. Those A's teams were a part of my childhood, and I like a lot of you A's fans have been waiting a long time for the ultimate success, um, which obviously has not happened since 1989, and that's one of the longer World Series droughts in baseball at this point, which is really frustrating because the A's field good teams year after year with not a lot of money and just Ha- have trouble in the postseason. I'm getting a little bit sidetracked here. <laughs> Let me get back to the movie. Um, Moneyball is a great movie, and I feel like you really get a great connection with the characters in the film. And that said, it's not totally accurate... In every way, which has earned it some criticism. It famously does not portray Art Howe's side of the story very well, the, the manager of the A's, who in the movie is really not portrayed in a great light. And... I do, it. probably it was a little bit unfair to him, but it's hard for me to say as just a fan who was not, who has no inside information in this, but he has publicly stated that he was upset about how he was portrayed. Other smaller things like Jeremy Giambi being portrayed as coming in for that season on the A's when he was actually already there. I think the same for Chad Bradford. And also uh, one of the bigger one of the bigger errors of the film which was of course not really an error because I think it was done on purpose is the exclusion of some of the actual big superstars on that team. Miguel Tejada Eric Chavez, Barry Zito, of course, Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder, um, some of the some of the guys who were a big deal at the time, and just just in general, I mean, you the team could not have done that well as, as well as they did without great pitching performances from a lot of the A's pitchers, and without some of the star-level contributions from some of the A's headlining stars. So, in that way, yeah, the the movie did not portray things totally accurately, but like I said, I think it was on purpose, because I think they really just wanted to focus on the scrappy, under dog side of the story, which was really the case. You know, a $40 million payroll is no joke, and that's the real deal. You know, that's, that's how it really happens, and maybe it wouldn't necessarily take anything away from that to also highlight some of the star players who really do deserve to have their names out there in recognition with this team to more of the casual non-A's fans. But like I said, I get what they were going for. Hard to knock them too much for a factual inaccuracy when it was a purposeful when it was a purposeful stylistic choice. So the movie Moneyball really is sort of definitive for a lot of A's fans for an entire generation or or maybe two generations of of A's fans. and not only is it a great movie and inspires the fan base and 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 gets that recognition a little bit out there for other fan bases from other teams to sort of appreciate the A's a little bit more when they normally wouldn't but it also sort of brings to light the A's perception it it does a little bit to try and affect and change the A's perception in the minds of Of America in the minds of baseball fans, uh, in the minds of other teams fans, and a little bit in the media, and gets a little bit of love out there for the A's in the media in general. But, well, the fact is, there's just not a lot of A's love in baseball these days, and... That's sort of the next thing that I that I want to talk about a little bit is that the A's just don't get any respect they they are sort of treated like well they're they're treated like the the quote from Moneyball come to life. There's these teams, there's the rest of the league, there's fifty feet of. Nothing. And then there's us. And... That has unfortunately... Also become... The... And not entirely because of the movie... But it has become the... Perception of the A's as well. That... That they are... Just... A horrible team that never really tries to win... I have actually been seeing comments from people on the internet, and I have seen, pe- heard heard people say these comments in public, in person to myself, to other A's fans, like, oh, why are you an A's fan? Aren't they horrible? They don't have anybody. They're not going to be any good. There's no A's fans, which is also spurred on by the horrible attendance that we had in 2022, but can you blame the A's fans? They were mad. All their favorite players left. There's rumors of the team leaving the city, and, you know, it's not something that's really going to get people excited to go and show up to a game and pay for these tickets and pay for concessions and care, especially when they don't know literally anybody on the team except Sean Murphy, who's now gone, of course, but I, I understand why A's fans weren't showing up. Other fans from other teams don't understand maybe why A's fans weren't showing up. They think that A's just don't, A's fans don't love the A's, that maybe the A's do need to leave. They think that it's because the Coliseum sucks, and... You know, the Coliseum is not a fancy modern ballpark with a bunch of fun time things and amenities they're going to draw. The sort of high-class fan who's there for social media clout, selfies, and hanging out just to go somewhere for a while with their friends, which sort of describes a lot of Giants fans that I know, and a lot of Giants fans out there, it's more for a lot of other teams, other than the A's, and other than some other teams as well, it's more about the atmosphere, or wearing the gear that's popular, and it's really never been about that for A's fans, or for the A's. A's fans are hardcore and A's fans not showing up last year is a a big deal because no matter how bad the A's are there's pretty pretty respectable attendance historically um, you know maybe it still looks pretty small but you know there there's a lot of issues that the team's dealing with so and and that, of course, changes the... the their, and there's also, of course, a lot of issues that the fans have that they're dealing with. But all this to say, sort of, the perception for the A's right now is probably the worst that it's ever been that I've seen, where the A's are getting so much disrespect and... I hate to see it. the A's are historically one of the best franchises in baseball, and they have always done it with not that much money. They have never been top spenders in baseball uh, not that I'm aware of and you know most most of the years when the a's are good it's it's homegrown talent it's it's talent that was drafted or traded for while they, were, while they were young, and a lot of times it's people that maybe other teams, that a lot of other teams didn't really think that they had a lot in them. They didn't really see a huge future for some of these guys. A, a great recent example, Mark Canna, who the A's picked up for free from the Rule 5 draft. That means that another team just thought that he was not worth keeping around and was willing to risk another team taking him for totally free. And that's what the A's did. And and he was obviously fantastic for the A's. And you can see this sort of thing happening throughout A's history. Trades that often produce great results for the A's down the line, draft picks that are good. Not always, you know, the A's are not always good. Their draft picks aren't always hitting, and they're not always a top-level team. They have to go through rebuilds, which no fan likes it when their team goes through a rebuild. But so many teams have to go through rebuilds. If you're not the Yankees or the Dodgers or who, who else? Uh, Right now, the Astros, but I can't really say the Astros because what did they do up until six years ago? They rebuilt and they rebuilt and they were the bottom feeder of baseball for a long time. They were horrible. And that's really why they're doing so good right now all of all of their stars that they've got or most of them not maybe not some of the younger ones were because they were so bad that they were getting top level draft picks over and over and over and got to the point where you know and and got lucky that a lot of them hit which you know sometimes look at look at some other teams uh, not not to name names or anything but there are some other teams where their bottom feeders and their draft picks don't hit or one of them hits or two of them hits and it's not enough for them to have that team that you you know one player can't win in baseball you've got to have a full team of guys that are above average basically from top to bottom and you know it's not easy to do when you look at it historically, the A's have been absolutely great at it, at churning out really good rosters with no money and not bottom-feeding for a super long time where you might expect them to... Yeah, of course, they're going to hit some draft picks because they've had the last 10 first pick... first picks... No, that's not the case with the A's. When they go through a rebuild, it usually only lasts a couple of years before they're back contending again. And, you know, there there's some great stats that I can bring up to back this up. The Giants around the Bay, people love the Giants and they trash-talk the A's. That's only recency bias. That's because the Giants won... World Series in 2014, 2012, and 2010. Three years in, or three wins in five years. And that is pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. Except they didn't make the postseason. They, they In 2010, they didn't make the postseason in 2009. They didn't make the postseason in 2011. They won in 2012. They didn't make the postseason in 2013. They won in 2014. They didn't make the postseason in 2015. You know, that's... it's Yes, they won three World Series in five years, and that's... You know, any fan would be totally thrilled with that, of course. I'm not taking that away from them. But... When you compare it to the A's, the A's have been a better postseason team than the Giants, both in Oakland and in total. The A's have nine World Series wins, and the Giants have eight. That's right. The A's are tied for third most World Series wins ever. It's... The Yankees with 27, the Cardinals with 11, the Braves with 9, the A's with 9, and the Giants have 8, the Dodgers have 7. So historically, yeah, the A's, they're there. If you want to say, well, they didn't win all of those in Oakland, well, they won four in Oakland. The Giants won three in San Francisco. So, even there, you know, uh, the A's don't get any respect for their historical greatness. The Giants have 27 playoff appearances. The A's have 29. And if you look at playoff appearances, you know, you say, oh, well, the Giants have been good recently. The A's haven't, right? In the last 10 years, the A's have a 50.9% winning percentage, and the Giants have a 50.5% winning percentage. The Giants have made it into the postseason three times in the last 10 years, and the A's have made it into the postseason five times in the last 10 years. In their, se- in their time in the Bay... The Giants have been in the Bay for 10 years longer, and they've only made it into the postseason 13 times. The A's, with 10 fewer years in the Bay, have made it into the postseason 21 times compared to 13 with 10 fewer seasons. There, There is no reason for people to say that the A's are a trash team, which is what I'm what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. And even a lot of fans are are getting dejected and and they're it's almost like A's fans are becoming depressed about the A's, like we're not good. We had one bad season. We were contending in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty we won the division 2019, we were right there. We had 97 wins. 2018, 97 wins. And then we had three rebuilding seasons before that. And then before that, you know, we had the years that many of us remember very fondly. The the out-of-the-blue 2012 season, which maybe wasn't as out-of-the-blue as as people think, but 2014 we had 88 wins, came in second, made the postseason. 2013 won the division. 2012 won the division. Um, We have been very good since since the year 2000. We've been a, a really solid team, and then obviously in the Late 80s, early 90s, we were fantastic. But people forget, from the A's, A's fans, and fans from other teams, people forget that sometimes you have to rebuild. And it can be worse if you don't rebuild, actually, in a lot of cases, where you'll see teams that are just... Trying to make it work, trying to force something that's not working, and they're they're trying to sort of clobber some pieces together and hope that it works, and and they start spending money trying to do it. They start trading their prospects to try and acquire what they think they need—the one more piece and it doesn't help them, and then their farm is toast, their team's future has been sold for nothing. You can look at... Not not that these teams are necessarily selling off all their best prospects or anything like that, but, but you can look at the recent stuff from the Rangers and the Angels, both who are desperately trying to put together winning teams here. And, you know, the Angels are just... You know, they've got Otani and they've got Trout, and they were... They were only 13 games ahead of the A's with all of that payroll that they spent. And all of the payroll that the A's did not spend in 2022. And the same for the Rangers. They splashed out on several players in the last couple of years, and they've done more in this offseason as well. And the Rangers were only eight games ahead of the A's in 2022. These are examples of teams that maybe, I don't know, I'm not super familiar with where they're, minor league, where their farm system stands, what prospects they've got available to them, or anything like that, but when you've got some star players and a huge bloated payroll and you're still not performing very well, maybe that's time to blow it up and reset the exact same thing that the A's did last year and Will probably kind of do this year. They're spending a little more money, and they're they're gonna try and win. I would assume they're gonna try and do well, but it's still a budget team, and the A's are still rebuilding and figuring out their their final roster for the future. And we're getting all the hate for doing this, and people are saying that why would any why would anyone be a fan of that team? But we've all been through this, no matter what team we're on, unless maybe you're the Yankees and and unless maybe you're the Dodgers. But everyone else, you've got to go through it. And sometimes it hurts. Well, it, it always hurts, really. It hurts to be a genuinely bad team and maybe to not even have that much fun watching them in a lot of cases. But that's just what you have to do in order to have long-term success. I'm, I'm going off on another tangent here. Long story short, the A's get an unnecessary huge amount of hate for the occasional year that they have to rebuild. And it seems like most other teams don't get this amount of hate that the A's do. And... No, I'm not advocating for. Oh, we should go out and hate on all these other teams every time they have to do a rebuild. Necessarily, no. I'm I'm just saying, cut the A's a little slack, and that goes to you A's fans too. Cut them a little slack because if you can't sign the entire team, or if you if you can't sign everybody but one player and then bring up a star like. The Astros with Pena bringing up Pena to replace Correa, and they kept the rest of the team together pretty much. If you can't do that, and the A's can't do that, you know, then there's no point in keeping two of them. If you keep two stars on a team that otherwise is mediocre, then you've got the Angels, and you're You're not the worst team in baseball, but you're in purgatory. And that's almost worse because... I I think it is worse. Because you don't know how long you're going to be there for. You don't have an actual end in sight. Where's the end? I don't know. You know, we're just going to be a 75-win team forever. That's worse than having two or three years where you're a 65-win team, and then a couple of years where you're a 95-win team. I'll take the the cycle any day. Maybe that puts things into perspective and changes some of your guys' minds. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you just disagree with me, and that's fine too. Well, I think I am actually running a little bit long here. I don't want to bore you guys too much. Maybe it's too late for that, but <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully you're still there with me. I think that I'm gonna save the lineup review for their plate patients for another day, and that would be Monday, when you will probably be hearing that, because I've, I've got it ready to go, with my projected lineup and how I think that they're all going to do with their patience at the plate, which to me is a big deal. A patient team can make up for a lot of other shortcomings. Not that they will or won't have other shortcomings, and they probably will. Every team has some shortcomings for the most part. Um, But I'll save that until Monday. And I'll find some other good, interesting stuff for you guys on Monday as well. Hopefully you liked the movie review. If you did, if you didn't, go ahead and send me an email. Athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me if you liked it, if you didn't like it. You can also do the same in a review for the podcast. Or you can toss it on a comment on my Instagram Athletics Baseball Podcast at Instagram. That's athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast. Just if you if that's not clear. But yeah, go ahead and give me a follow on there. Give me a follow here. Let me know if you liked some of the things I'm talking about. And I hope you all have a great weekend. I'll catch you on Monday. Thanks for listening.